Energy. Yes, we are. And I'm David. <laughs> and this <laughs> is the podcast, The Energy Of. And we're here at CollingAllAngelsDenver.com. It's where you can find us. We're in Lakewood, Colorado, if you want to find us in person. Um, and today, I want to talk about fear. Ooh. What do you think about that? I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's just fear. (laughs) So I'm just going to read a little something that I wrote or part of uh, something I wrote um, to start us off. And then I thought that would be a good place for us to talk. So this is what I wrote. Fear is the cause of most of our problems in our world and in our lives, in my opinion. Fear causes us to do all kinds of crazy things like hate people and bully people and say and do mean and hateful things to one another. Fear also stops us from doing all the things we want to do in our lives. It stops us from reaching outside of our comfort zones and striving for something better. Fear keeps us away from love and relationships and happiness in general. And I've really been thinking about this lately. What's the cure for fear? Well, love, of course. But sometimes fear grips us tight sometimes so tightly that we can't even begin to see love. Sometimes it grips us so tightly that we don't even realize we're trapped in its grasp, and we don't have a way to even start to call on love to come rescue us. But you know what? Curiosity is the solution. Curiosity starts loosening fierce grips. so, So start wondering. Start asking yourself what you don't know about a person or a situation. Start being curious about other people, other cultures, other ideas, other religions, other beliefs. The true sign of intelligence is being able to open your mind to wonder and curiosity, staying open to learning and understanding something you may not already know. Assume other people may have information or ideas that you don't already know. And I'm going to stop there. It goes on for a little bit longer. But uh, I figure that's a good jumping off point. What do you think about that? What do you think about curiosity? What do you think about love? What do you think about fear? Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> it is. That is a lot. Um, David. Um, <clears throat> well, I always think of that kind of annoying thing of fear of being false evidence appearing real. Mm. So I don't know why when I hear that word now I kind of associate it with that. What, what do you call that? It's um, an acronym. Acronym? Yeah. Okay. Kind of associated with, with that. And I think the worst kind of fear is the kind we don't even know that we have. Mm-hmm. So it's like our subconscious mind and our like programming and our paradigms that we're just kind of, that we're already kind of plugged into our our subconscious minds Mm -hmm. that's the most insidious type of fear to me is the one that is the kind of fear that we don't even realize is there so and i think our subconscious mind is run by fear in a lot of ways and our conscious it's our job to reprogram that underlying thing with the underlying um, record playing during our lives to rise above that and to reprogram it into something that we that actually works for us. Mm-hmm. 
So that's that's how I look at fear and fear. Fear to me is not like the train hitting the car as much, or right. yes, of course, driving in traffic. There's a lot of fear there, like unconscious and conscious fear about people not doing what they're not worrying about whether people are what paying attention type of thing. But it's the it's the what scares me the most, or what gets to me the most, is the is the underlying fears that kind of run our lives. Right, and I, and I feel like we're enculturated to fear. I think I think it's just this big fat vein of fear that runs through our whole entire society. Um, we're afraid of everything all the time, and we're afraid of things we don't know. We're afraid of people we don't know. We're afraid of everything, and you know. I think I understand people's desire to kind of cling to fear, um, but I I think that it just doesn't serve us at all. So I think there are many many layers to fear, mm-hmm. and I think there are there's the kind of fear like you said that can can be this underlying thing that is very negative. There's a very negative association with fear. But I think there's also such a thing as healthy fear. I think there is, um, I think there are the layers of fear where it just maybe slows you down about a thing or or causes you curiosity about a thing until you try it or learn more about it and then you're no longer afraid of it. And then I think there's paralyzing fear that can stop you from moving forward or can stop you from participating in things or stop you from leaving your house. Or, and then there's that whole layer of irrational fears that are based in things that that physically make no sense. Like, for example, my ex-husband had a very debilitating fear of sharks in mm. the shower. And he never could, you know, figure out why he has that fear. But it's something that he has to has to make peace with every time he wants to take a shower. Wow. And he's dealt with it his whole entire life. There's a, not connected to his fear. I have this very irrational fear that if I were to board a plane to travel over the ocean to go to another country, which I would really love to see Greece, certainly someday, I never will see those things, or will I ever set foot on a cruise, because I have this very solid belief that if I were to take some sort of vehicle over the ocean, that vehicle would collapse or crash, and that there is a herd of sharks out there in the ocean with my name just waiting for me to show up so they can eat me. Like, I really believe that that's a thing. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I think a lot of that kind of fear and phobia kind of thing, I, I want to maybe separate out a little bit from what I want to talk about today, although that's valid and, and those are things that you know can be addressed. I personally believe that we get a lot of our phobias and irrational, as you say, fears, um, from past life experiences and, and things like that. And I've watched, um, I've, I've sat, you know, when I was studying hypnosis, I, I sat and watched, you know, the demonstrations of, of, of doing hypnosis for phobias. And, and I literally watched a woman who was, had this extreme phobia of rats or mice or anything small and furry. Like she couldn't stand to have, 
even like the teacher had taken it just like a fake mouse and put it next to her and she just literally jumped out of her her uh seat and just freaked out and they it was real and she was terrified and they did their session um and removed that phobia and i kid you not by the next session we were there, she had gone to the pet store and was playing with the rats and stuff because they're so wow. cute. And they had found that a, pretty amazing. They had amazing. found a past life that caused that fear. So right. I think those kind of fears is a just slightly different topic than what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about really is what holds us back in our world and why there's so much hate and why there's so much anger at each other and why there's so much um you know, uh, war and all those kinds of things, because I think that is all fear-based. Absolutely. And I think that it's encouraged, like you said, mm-hmm. by the media and our culture. And, and, and so I firmly believe that love is the answer to fear. You know, I mean, we think we hate, but we're, it's really not hate. It's fear. Right. I actually was thinking something, this isn't about fear, but, all of the negative emotions that we feel, like depression, anxiety, rage, mm-hmm. all lead back to grief. And well, so in, in a similar vein, a lot of our biases and prejudices against other people and our judgments that are totally unfounded are based on fear that we've been programmed to believe that right. we don't even know where it came from. Mm-hmm. So, and I personally believe there's two main forces in the world, and it's love and fear. And so, I think we need to pick a lane, <laughs> you know, and and firmly plant ourselves in one or the other. And if you want to live in fear, and and you feel fear creates the things you want, great. You know, I'm going to leave you to that. But if you don't, then how do you move into love? And because I really believe that's the antidote for fear is love. And that is why I kind of went on the thing around curiosity, because I think that's the actual solution is when we start to be curious about things around us, we can kind of let go of some of the fear and then we can find the love. And, uh, that was, it was something we were talking about in a previous podcast, but I was thinking about that uh, after I had posted what I wrote. You know, I had a friend contact me and say, well, okay, but there's people that I work with that, you know, they do, they say things that are really horrible that I can't align with at all. And I don't know how to even, how do I love that person? You know, so my first thing is, is to look at those people and say, well, first of all, if they're saying these horrible things, you know, they're, they're living in fear. And if you're associating with people that are saying these horrible things, that's what, this is what I told him, you know, maybe you need to associate with other people, but that's when he said, well, I work with them. I don't have a choice. They're in my, mm-hmm. so, so my suggestion to my friend was, you know, you have to find the love that you somewhere for them. I think there is, things that happen in our world that we don't understand and some of them are scary and some of them are evil and some of them are all kinds of things. But I 
choose not to spend a lot of time focused on those things because I think there's greater things happening that we're not always aware of. And sometimes these horrible, scary things um, are just a part of something greater that that is just beyond human understanding. So I don't think it's my job to focus on those things or worry about them. There's They're out of my control. I can't change them. So my thing is coming back to what can I do? And what I can do is love and I can spread love. And so then I get asked, well, how do you spread love for, how do you love someone who's evil? Or how do you love, you know, someone that you can't even stand, you know? And I learned something, my guides taught me something quite a long time ago about love. Love is, as humans understand love, you know, we we attach this emotional thing to it that is this feel-good thing, you know? But love is an energy, mm-hmm. just like anything else. Fear is an energy. So, so we can work with that energy in its raw form. And what I do is I invite spirit to fill me with love from God. And then I allow that love to pass through out of my heart chakra to that person or being that I don't agree with or that I emotionally feel unhappy with. And the more that I do that, I think that's a part of how we change some of this evilness. I really believe in the power of that. And, you know, some people may call me naive, but that's, I definitely believe in that. And I think then, too, as I said, curiosity is, a, is an antidote for fear as well. It, I think we get afraid of things we don't understand. We get afraid of, of situations that aren't, you know, something we're familiar with. So being curious is important. And I think that, I think that the coolest thing about it is you don't have to change your beliefs to be curious, you know, by, by saying, I just want to move out of my fear. So I'm just going to be curious. That doesn't mean that I have to change what I think or believe or whatever. I can just wonder about things and just get to know other things Mm -hmm. without letting go of my own beliefs. So I think that's really scary to people too. And that's a part of the fear is like, they might try to change my beliefs or I might have to change how I think about something or, or they might tell me I'm wrong or I might find out I'm wrong. I don't know, but you don't have to change anything to just be curious and learn. And that's, that's real important to me too, to kind of put into the conversation. I think that a lot of fear is, like you said, really coming from the fact that people, the type of fear that you're talking about is is coming from the fact that, that people, whether they understand it consciously or not, are afraid to be shown that they're wrong, that this thing that they have attached a belief to might be incorrect. Mm-hmm. And like I like I pointed out earlier, my deepest uncomfortability is the fear that we're not 
consciously aware of it. There's so many mm. things. There are so many things like phobias are one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear of other cultures because we've been indoctrinated by the media and by other people, perhaps our own family, to believe that a certain culture is a certain way and that they have ill intentions or that they're lazy or that they're this or that or that they're threatening or dangerous. So we were, we're programmed um, even for years and years and years, even unconsciously, to look at certain people that we see on the street a certain way or even if they're our neighbors and then we have this this unvalidated fear of these people because and we don't even realize why because we've been programmed with it same thing with uh, the fear of success you know if we've failed several times in our lives then we start to get an idea in our subconscious mind that whatever we do is going to be a failure. And that's not necessarily true because we have lots of successes in our lives and we have a tendency to focus on the negative and distort those things, you know, to protect. And and again, I think it's our ego trying to protect ourselves. Um, As far as what you said about fear to me is like what Einstein compared experiences in life like love and fear to two different i believe that it was love and fear but it was something very similar to that if not um fear is contracting so it's like putting your hand on a hot stove you're contracting energetically when you're fearful so you're pulling all your energy in and holding it when you're in a state of love you're expanding you're in a state of expanding you are open to see and feel what universe has to provide including other people and experiences so i always think of fear as a state of contraction versus love and joy as a state of expansion so that's kind of how i i'm like am i am i contracting or expanding in my life right now that's how i look at things like even with my real estate work feel of fear of rejection or something am i contracting into my comfort zone Mm-hmm. Or am I expanding into a place where, hey, I know I've got this, and these people are really going to like me, and if they don't, that's okay, but that's not going to affect me. Right. Either way. And see, curiosity and wonder are a good way to start um, expanding outward. Absolutely, because it's it's not you're not pulling your energy in, you're pulling you're you're letting it out. It's like letting a fishing line out a little bit mm-hmm. to see what's there. And curiosity is, hey, maybe I'm not totally right about this. Right. Yeah. Give me, show me some different evidences, mm-hmm. you know? So I think about, um, I think about, uh, you know, worry and fear being tied together. Um, we worry about a lot of things, anxiety, that kind of thing. Fear, so fear creates worry and anxiety and stuff. So a lot of times, you know, I've, I've had a, good deal of anxiety in my life. I mean, I've dealt with anxiety as a huge, huge factor in my life from time to time. And the way I've sort of overcome that is I, I, I really look at whatever it is that I'm afraid of or whatever it is that, you know, I'm feeling anxious about. And I ask myself, honestly, you know, what can I do about that? Mm -hmm. Um, and if the answer is literally 
nothing, <laughs> you know, I choose not to think about it. Mm-hmm. Some people think that that makes me naive or stupid or whatever. Um, however, I just feel that that there are things that will happen whether we think about them or not. And usually my experience in life, the thing, the bad things that have happened to me were never something that was even on my radar. <laughs> so I wasn't worried about that thing happening. And if I had been, I'm not sure it would have changed the situation to begin with. So I actually believe, and I have done this myself, that some people create fear around things in order for them not to manifest. If I worry about it enough, it won't happen. Oh, have you ever have oh, you ever had this crazy that. process going on in your own conscious psyche? To where it's like, well, if I if I know it's there and I, and I worry about it and I pay close enough attention to it, it'll never manifest. And I think that's another another hmm. way that we... Have you ever done that? I have not done it. Um, I mean, I maybe subconsciously have have that thought, but, but my understanding of the way manifesting works and everything is the more attention we pay to it, the, the more apt it is like to happen. That's so, true, but we like to maintain control. Our ego, again, I mean, the ego likes to play lots of lovely parts. Well, it loves to control a situation, so it, it wants to say, hey, well, if we're, we've got this under control, if this happens, we've got it. Right. So and that's re- it and really again, is. You'll, you'll attract someone something else. Is an illusion. <laughs> it is an illusion. But our ego doesn't know that. Yeah. Or believe it. So I think it's our, our responsibility to talk to our ego and, like, Exactly. I think a lot of this goes along. A lot of the sphere stuff really happens under the surface. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's money to be made by corporations and by other and by propaganda, not just money, but propaganda and governments. Nine mm-hmm. eleven um, might be an example for those of you who might think that this that was more. There's more to the story. Um, to propaganda in order to get us to distrust certain people and to trust others. Mm-hmm. Well, I think all of that. That's why. That's why I say the solution is curiosity. Um, I think if you're if you're afraid if you're afraid that um, some invading force is going to come into this country and take over, you know, some culture or something, you know, the the answer to that. Fear is curiosity. Find out more about that culture. Find out more about those people. Meet some people from that culture. Talk to them. Get to know them. I think that's sort of like the antidote is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Rebecca? Well, so so I um I would like to have more clarification about okay. like specifically what fears are you talking about in this conversation are you talking because it sounds kind of like the fears that we want to address with this conversation are the the ones we're dealing with on a, like a government level or a, a oh, what's the word i want a media level yeah uh, kind of so I, I think it start i think so i don't i don't have a desire to get political and stuff i don't that's just not who I am. Um, and everybody's entitled to their political beliefs and all of that. Um, but what I think the fact is, is that a lot of the political rhetoric and things 
that um, sort of builds fear in people, it, that trickles down into our day-to-day lives to where we're bullying people, where we're hating people, where, you know, we're, we have, and so I think it all kind of just, it kind of trickles down from the top down, you know, and, and, and we so, start labeling people, like, oh my gosh, they're a Republican or they're a Democrat, and there's automatically this list of things that we associate right. with that. Mm-hmm. that. And I think that all stems from fear. Exactly. From the beginning, like, you know. If they have a D in front of their name, then they must be a total socialist. They must want to take all my money. They must or, want to you know, take they, all my money. You know, or whatever. You know, and I think I think that's sort of kind of the 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 bigger picture. What I'm trying to get at, and I think we have a lot of fear about being spied on with our Alexa or our thing. That's not fear. That's facts. I know. Okay. That's, that's another fine. F word. I don't do anything. Those are F words. Fact and fear. But but are you afraid of it? You know. Oh no no no! I had to get over that long. Right. Ago. So that's sort of the point I'm trying to make, which is that you know what we don't have control over. There's no point in sitting around being afraid of. Exactly. No, I totally and then that. if you want to kind of filter down even deeper, you know, to uh, the next level. So I, I personally, you know, I, as I said, I've had a journey of having a lot of fear and anxiety and things like that. And, and for me, you know, love is the answer, but I, but for me, that also means trust, trusting spirit, trusting my guidance, trusting the universe, um, and all of that. So I think if you want to get even deeper into it, that's. Of, of where I would this ends up for me is this personal fear um, am I going to be broke forever am I going to die penniless am, am I is am I sick am I um, is someone going to hurt me it, you know those kind of fears um, like the boogeyman fears those are those are what I refer to as boogeyman fears like it's right. just right it's just right in your room ready to get you and so Just don't I pay think, attention. I think it goes up and down. Like I don't know how to really. I'm I'm struggling to find the words to explain it, but I think they they all relate to each other. The more bigger fears we have societally, the more little fears we have personally, and vice versa, right? Well, and yeah. and so so getting down to that space inside your own heart where you trust or where you love or where you whatever, you know, I think that then affects the greater consciousness. That's why self-work is so important. It's mm-hmm. so important for for the world, for each one of us to work on ourselves and to really literally garden, till our own gardens and to root up those weeds. Those are weed, Those fears are weeds. Those weeds out of our subconscious or even out of our conscious minds by being curious, by questioning, by befriending people that we may not have thought about about befriending because we had so many biases against them for cultural reasons or for socioeconomic reasons. I mean, I, I'm thinking about like when I sometimes here in Colorado, there's a lot of um, panhandling, mm-hmm. and I can find myself being fearful about going to like 
oh my gosh, there's somebody sitting outside there and I want to open the door to 7-Eleven. And these poor people are just trying to make it through the rest of the day. And my mind is saying, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to handle getting out of the car and dealing with this person when they start asking me for something. That's me with the Girl Scouts at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. It's just, <laughs> Seriously, I have that, take I have that, door. I have that <laughs> issue, too, and that is fear, too. It's like, you know what? When we're fully conscious and real and we're and we're good with ourselves, we'll be able to say no or, or yes. I mean, we'll be able to use our intuition whether or not, and our good, best judgment to decide whether or not we are going to partake in that giving somebody a dollar or five dollars at that moment, the homeless person, or the Girl Scouts, we're going to buy cookies or not, but not to feel like like this dread. It's almost like a dreading feeling about being confronted with mm-hmm. that. So I, re- I remember, like, more than 30 years ago, I was in a college course, my one of my first college courses, and it was a sociology class. And I remember the teacher teaches, and I, I remember this so profoundly because I have, um, because I had, I think we have talked about, you know, I had felt so much like a victim in my life and I had a lot of fear about walking down the street or, you know, I might get attacked or I might get whatever. Like I lived in a lot of fear and anxiety around all those things. And I remember so distinctly this professor talking about and it was really one of the first times oddly enough that I was introduced to the concept of of the energy of fear um literally he said that our electromagnetic system we put out we put out different frequencies and different vibrations we're not aware of it and we're not aware that we read it in other people but that that happens and so predators who are are looking for someone to rape or kill or hurt or whatever. Um, I'm not saying that, again, it's not their fault, the victim's fault that this happens, but the reality is that they can sense that fear and they attack, they will attack people with more of that fear energy. And so if you're a victim, if you've been a victim, a lot of times you're, you're radiating more and more of that victim energy and then that's being picked up more and more by the predators. And so it's the self-fulfilling prophecy thing that's going on, this cycle that just keeps perpetuating itself. And and again, there's a lot underneath that that I'm not trying to say that the victim is doing anything wrong or asking for it, okay? That's not at all what I'm trying to say. But I do think that the more fear energy that we have transmitting out from us, the more predators or bad you know other things can pick up on that and they choose that energy over other energy a lot of the time and so fear literally has its own energy that can be read yes and i think that is why that's also another good reason to get out of fear yeah absolutely well i said in the um, previous podcast that we are all emitting a frequency and we're very much responsible for, for the frequency that we're emitting and that we're not really fooling anybody. Mm-hmm. Now, we may be fooling each other's egos, but we are not fooling our higher selves or the, our intuition. Mm-hmm. People do pick up on your vibe. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's just in, my wor- in my opinion, it's a fact. And I know plenty of people would 
think that that's crazy to think that. But hey, that's my experience. I'm a very empathic, feeling person, and I judge situations by the way I feel around other people. And I'm also aware of what vibrations I'm putting out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just and sometimes it's not good juju in general. <laughs> so I won't go out in public when I'm when I, when my energy doesn't feel clean sometimes because mm-hmm. I don't want to affect other people negatively. Right. But yeah, they do. People do pick up on that. Um, animals pick up on it. I yeah. mean, it is absolutely palpable. So animals if, can tell if you're a good person or a bad person if, or if you fear them. If you're getting out of the car to go into the 7-Eleven and you get afraid by the person sitting there, chances are good you'll have a negative encounter with that person. Yeah. But if you get out of the car with love emitting that direction, I'm going to say the chances are way better that nothing bad will transpire there. Absolutely. You go into 7-Eleven, get your stuff, and come back out. So just out of curiosity, being that we are all very empathic people in this room, how do you define the difference between having a fear that is unjustified and responding to an instinct that is justified? How do you know the difference? Well, that's a great question. That's a lovely question. And, I, and I'm not sure that I have a direct answer for you. But I think, I think the more that you start trusting your own intuition, the more that you get in touch with spirit, the more that you, you get rid of unnecessary fear, then you can see the, the messages a little more clearly. Um, I do think that sometimes we do have an instinct or a premonition or an idea that something negative is going to happen. And we should respect our our intuition mm-hmm. we should but I think part of that question part of the thing is literally just asking that why am I feeling like this is there something underlying here that I'm not conscious of is there is this just fear based on stuff I've been told or is it or am I getting a true reading and emotion and empathic emotion you know reading on the situation and, you know, I'm not suggesting that you ignore your fear or your um, instincts ever. Err on the side of caution. Go ahead. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you ignore your fear feelings. But I am suggesting that, that we all take some extra pains to really examine our fears, to really look at why we have them, to look at is it valid or is it just the unknown? You know, that kind of thing. And I and I think that our world would be a lot better and happier if less of us are, are feeling so much fear all the time. And that's why, you know, I wanted to talk about it. That's why I wanted to write about it. I go on social media or I, you know, walk amongst people. And sometimes the fear is so thick. And, and I look at what the person is saying or you know people are saying of what they're afraid of and I just and I feel that it's so sad in a sense like we're missing out on opportunities to love on opportunities to grow on opportunities to to know other human beings all from fear I said in what I wrote that I think fear creates bullies I think fear creates you know, a lot discrimination. of discrimination. Yeah. 
Um, I think fear is a restrictive emotion. And I'm not saying that fear is never valid, but I am saying that I think it behooves us to really examine our fears. Absolutely. Rebecca, what do you do you have input on that? Well, and I would agree with your with what you're saying on that. I so this is maybe from this angle a little bit of a difficult topic for me because I'm not a fear-based person. Mm-hmm. So it's I can totally understand what you're saying and I am aware that there is that very prominent in, you know, society that a lot of people are having that, you know, very fearful experience of, you know, being afraid of people they don't know or things they don't know or situations they don't know or whatever. But that's that's not my baseline experience. Mm-hmm. And in my world experience, anytime I've experienced a fear like that about a thing, it's been warranted. There's been, uh, you know, something has and come on the that's probably not fear. That's probably your instinct. I mean, I mean instinct, it, Yeah, right? it's instinct with a... With a t- with a little sharp pin yeah. saying, <laughs> right, hey, right. with a warning hey, sign. attention, there's a thing here. Like a flashing caution sign. Well, but that's not to say that I don't experience fear on some levels. It's just not so much in that capacity. But I would say that knowing you personally as I do, you know, it shows in the way that you conduct your life. You're not a fear-based person. And I've never known you to be um, judgmental or mean or bullying or or saying nasty things about anybody ever you know and and so i think that those two things go hand in hand i absolutely do and and a lot of maybe what i'm talking about is just a lot of what i observe out in the world with the, and i've seen it too so i am yeah. aware that it is there well and something and again there is some benefit to greater powers that be, be they businesses or government or media that want us to do that. So in other words, sometimes we need to unplug from those things, which is how I kind of deal with a lot of it. I take everything that I see on television now, and I mean everything with a grain of salt. I take it with a grain (laughs) of salt. I do not believe the face value. And I think back in the some of the simpler days of the 70s and 80s and that we were more, we, you know, we believed that a little bit more that we were being given the unbiased truth about everything and that that people did have our best interest at heart. But I kind of think in society today, there is a generalized feeling of question everything. Because there's so absolutely because there are so many different sources bombarding us, and so many different fear-based things. Well, fear is an excellent um, way to control, control and to sell, yes. and to sell drugs, yes. and to and sell clothing, and to sell anti-wrinkle cream, all of the things, yeah, and <laughs> to sell war. Yes, absolutely right. So, to kind of expand on what you were saying a minute ago, um, so clarified that I'm not a fear-based person. I don't necessarily live that way. However, for the record, I'm also the biggest conspiracy theorist sitting in this room right now. But the reason that I am and have that 
whole thing playing is because I do exactly what you're suggesting and I am a curiosity-based yeah. person. So I am not willing to just take at face value something that CBS yes. shoves down my yes. throat or something like that. I actually will go, if it's something that resonates with me or that I feel there might be something just off about, about yes i will go and do the research in multiple different platforms to try to get to the so let me ask thing. you as a conspiracy theorist because i kind of am too and me too <laughs> probably way. more than than i let on, so admit to um you, so i've seen a lot of conspiracy theory people who are approaching conspiracy theory from fear and that's a lot of why they really focus on it and try to spread the word and stuff because it makes them afraid. Right. Um, again, all of three of us sitting here saying that we're conspiracy theorists. Are we the kind of people that go on the internet and tell everybody else that they should look at this conspiracy or, you know, whatever, like demand that other people listen to us? The only people I demand listen to me about my conspiracy theories are my children and sometimes you guys. Yeah. And but 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 I think that's but that, that's but do you difference. see my point? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a uh, what is the term for it? I'm not a um, fear monger. Yeah, is that the monger. word? I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in in creating panic mob, in people. Like mob, like mob mentality. Exactly, right. exactly. And but but as a former Sunday school teacher who got kicked out of church because my whole premise for my kids was please do not take the thing the man at the pulpit is telling you as gospel truth or this Did version of the Bible tells you as gospel truth. Please find other. Think for yourself. Yeah, think for yourself. Find too. other versions yeah. of the Bible. Go to other cultures and see what their beliefs are. And don't don't take anything you're being told by any one entity as the the law. Like so there's it, more to it. So I'm I'm less of a what I would call a conspiracy theorist and more of a curious person who is willing to suspend judgment on all of it. And I mean. That's kind of how I feel like if somebody comes to me and tells me this conspiracy or that conspiracy, you know, I don't necessarily want to get on the train and, and join, but I don't necessarily think that they're stupid or, or wrong. I just listen with curiosity. Right. And for me, I am after watching some of the events that I've seen in this country that are beyond ludicrous. Yeah, and even, I might and have e a and even prior to that, actually, probably ten years prior to that, when my when I started the voting process, I would have to say during the the Gore Bull, the the Gore Bush election, my eyes were really opened, and maybe this is false, but my I started seeing things for in a completely different way, right. including our elections and how and like it's that's so I I'm a bona fide conspiracy theorist. Well, I might have my own beliefs <laughs> about what I I might I might have a belief about what someone's telling me, whether I agree with them or not. But what I'm saying is, I'm not the kind of person that wants to jump on the train and like spread the news. No. I just no. inform myself with my own beliefs and and that's what I think the difference is I guess what I'm trying to kind of drive at. Because I'm not afraid of it. I'm not I'm not afraid of it. I'm disappointed a lot. Sure. I'll have to say sure. that I'm disappointed 
by being told someone say like being bald face lied to that they're telling the truth and then constant and this is more of the media uh, media government social media type of the the bigger picture type yeah. of things I'm disappointed regularly that the integrity is missing around yeah. that and that people are are intentionally trying to spread fear in order to gain some sort of control. Yeah. Right. But having your eyes open to it sure does help. It does. Yes. It doesn't stop the disappointment though. Sometimes I'm disappointed in humanity because of it. I agree with that. I suffer from that as well. So I actually, the cure for that for me is to just really turn the television on to stations that have programs that I want to watch and that are mostly positive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mostly uplifting type of things and very, very little news. Yeah. And news. on top of that, no matter on social media, no matter which direction the, the conversation is flowing, if it's really negative, I start unfollowing yeah. people, even if they're my sure. friends, yeah. because I have no space in my life is too short. I have mm-hmm. no space in my consciousness and my psyche for that type of negativity, especially if the, in the comments there's these arguments and personal attacks. Mm-hmm. Like you're a pig or you're this. It start, it comes it goes from an attack on the you know on the topic to attacks on the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I see that constantly. Mm-hmm. And I'm absolutely against that, and I want nothing to do with it. And I think all of that is fear-based. It is. Oh, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. fear-mongering. Because if you can't, everybody wants to be joined. Humanity has a a desire, people have a desire to have a tribe or agreement. So there are people who are looking for, you know, other people that are on the same wavelength. Or page or to attack them I mean they, they enjoy that too yeah. and it's real easy to do now um, when you're not face to face with somebody yeah well and misery loves company so you know there's that so yeah it's almost like and it's not it's consciously ignoring so it's not like burying my head in the sand but it's like is this serving me so and I think I think again that's what sort of what I was talking about about at the top of this episode about the bullying and all of that. And I think, I think that the, the answer to that, instead of being a bully, uh, and I'm not saying any of us are, that's not what I was saying at all, but the people who are getting negative on, on, in the comments and things like that, I would love to see those people stop and be curious about the person they're attacking, right? Stop and try to understand what drives them what their life has been like to, to bring them to this point. What, you know, like that kind of cure. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. But I think a lot of people don't want to do that. I think that they're, remember we were talking about being content, happy. I wouldn't call it happy, but very content in their disdain for others. I think that they love, they, they get that, that negative charge from it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And I think, but I think then I think the person being attacked should should try to do something the same too. I, I, and I just want to give an example from my life. I had written something on, on Facebook and I had a, a very negative comment towards me about what I had written. And um, 
so I asked some questions and, and what I, I got curious about this person that was sort of attacking me and what I, and I kind of looked at their profile page and I kind of tried to figure them out a little bit. Like, why are they coming at me like this? And I realized that the, that person was in pain due to their mother being ill. And I mean, like, so a lot of what he was actually attacking me about was really just his own pain that he was in. Yeah. And so, you know, what I, and I also realized that what I saw as attacking, he was actually feeling like he was trying to be helpful, but it felt very attacking. So again, it's all a matter of perception yeah. too. Not all so, of it. So it's... I was able to, you know, it really hurt me and it really upset me in a number of ways. But at the same time, ultimately I, I, I made peace with the whole situation by understanding that this person was in pain they their underlying desire was to help me it wasn't helpful what they did but that was their underlying you know idea and to kind of just let that that's how I made peace with the situation and so I just I like to do that that's what I like to try to do I'm not saying I'm perfect at it but that's what I like to try to do and that's what I just would like to encourage more people to do, is really look at the underlying issues that cause the anger and the fear and the everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think just more and more, as when I ask my guides, what can I do? Like, yes, there's a lot of things happening in the world that kind of scare me or that make me sad or that hurt. I see people, other people hurting and it hurts me and I don't, I don't like things that are happening. But when I ask spirit, what, what I can do about it, Spirit just tells me again and again, is to love. Let love reign. So Yeah, because love and fear can't occupy the same space. Exactly. Um, I would like, I have a question sure. for both of you. What do you think in, Amer in the USA is the, are people's biggest fear? Like, what, what I'm, not gonna you're not gonna bite. Well, you're... No, I feel like it it's become such a political situation. Oh well I don't think it's that. So I mean well I just have my opinion on it. What do you think people mm. fear well, besides politics? Let's take that out of it. Besides politics and media, on a personal level, what do you think people's biggest anxiety about is about in general? Like in this question. country, since we live here. Um, so a couple of things kind of come to mind. It's, I mean, people always fear what they don't understand. First of all, I think that they, I think that they fear, and this is not necessarily in the order of importance, if you understand what I mean by that. Um, I think that, I think they fear cultures that they don't understand. I think that they fear sexual orientation that they don't understand. I think they fear economics going a way that is not beneficial to them. Mm -hmm. I think they fear a loss of freedom. Um, and I think people fear becoming obsolete or fear becoming insignificant. insignificant. Like when they pass on, right? like they haven't left any left legacy. Any legacy. That's, and a good, that's a good... And I think they also fear not being loved. 
the bottom of it at all. At the bottom of it all, I think that's what it oh, always sure. Yeah. You don't want to bite. I think they believe that, I think they fear being unlovable. I okay. think, you know, I think that, that's the big, that's the big ones. Well, I have another one. Okay. Especially in this society. I think people fear money. I think money is, is such a deep-rooted fear in this society that it is insidious mm-hmm. in so many different arenas that it's almost unbelievable because because money has become like a god in so many ways in the capitalist society and in many other societies these days. And for, for reasons, but I think people fear uh, be going broke or not oh. having enough money or not being able to retire. Um, and the second thing I think people fear, which is which I find very interesting, is being alone. So that that's another. I those are the two is... things. Those are the two things that I think are like the 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 most dreadful. Some of the most dreadful things that people think about. And I have to say, the fear of being alone used to be my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, next to losing my children, of course, mm-hmm. was. My biggest fear was the fear of being alone. And people dying even alone. say dying alone. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Is I'm afraid to die alone. And to me, that's kind of I find a little a, a tinge of humor in that, unfortunately, because it's like we all die alone. Right. Really, we all really actually do. It. But what do what do people mean by that? Do they mean in a room all by themselves and like just being no, found mean, days later? They mean not being cared for. Yeah, cared I just for love the alone. term dying alone yeah. for some reason because I find it a little over the top. And that, that truly was really my biggest fear mm-hmm. until probably about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, no, I actually quite enjoy it. You're at peace with, I'm, you're I'm at totally peace with where you're at right yeah, now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but I will always have that huge fear of outliving my children. Like that is the biggest possible fear I could come up with. I could see that being a mother. Yeah, I do not want to outlive my children. No, not even. Really? Yeah, I think that's probably my biggest fear. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, well, I don't know if it's my biggest fear so much as it's just the thing that I think if it happened, I couldn't, I couldn't live with it. Yeah, how, how would I do that? And I've, I've thought about this a lot in my lifetime. I have six children. So believe me, I've played all of those scenarios in my head at some point. Like, you know, if I lost them all at once, the answer is easy. Oh, I will off you, myself. You will and go sure, I'm going to be where my children are, but right. here the end. But if I lost just one, then what how? What yeah. do I do at that point? You'd have to find the strength to exactly, move on to be there for the rest. To, because the other five need you there. But how how do you pull that out of your hat as a parent? To be there for the rest of them if you lose one. Because I cannot, there's no scenario in my head that I can picture. And I think there's that. a reason for that. I think that the only way to do that is if that happened, is you would be drawn, you would be pulled if that happens to you. Otherwise, I wouldn't contemplate it. Yeah, right, right, right. right. No, I, you I, would I figure it out. I am fully and I know that, that I would because I have. And it wouldn't be right. anything that you did in your head. It would right. be a matter to. of moving, of pulling forward, of mm-hmm. being, of being drawn to what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I find it interesting because for so much of my life, even before I had children, my biggest fear prior to being a mother was losing my dad. Like that was that was the one thing I could not fathom. Anything else in my life, I could kind of 
imagine, yeah, if you if I had to be without it or learn to deal with it, okay, I could deal with going blind, I could deal with losing a limb or, you know, whatever. But the idea of losing my father was like more than I could comprehend. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people feel that way about your mom, their mom and stuff like that. And I have to say, you know, when faced with that, a lot of people fear losing a parent. Yeah, and that is, it it is, I mean, that's something significant to think about. And it was interesting. So when, 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 Faced with that, losing that biological parent that that brought you to this world, that was really not as, I mean, I have my reasons for it, but it wasn't as devastating as, as I anticipated it could have been. But now that I'm faced with, you know, my dad now has this terminal illness and, yeah. you know, we're counting down the minutes, it feels like. It's amazing how adaptable you are you become that way yeah because yeah. when we very first got the news like i definitely had a period of time that i could not even get out of bed like it was the worst possible thing i could have heard but now you know i'm kind of going from this position where well my dad needs me to be strong for him while he's going through his treatment and and you know he still has so much unfinished business that he needs to lean on somebody so that he can get it finished to you know to to leave things the way he would like to leave them. He is having that experience of he's lived a life that was full and satisfying, but he also is aware that he's leaving behind a lot of uh, loose ends and unfinished business business that that falls to me and my brother to have to take care of, and he's experiencing tremendous guilt about that issue. So, you know, being the kid on that side of it, I guess part of a fear that I'm experiencing now is, you know, what if I can't help him satisfy that before his time is up? So I do feel, I do feel fear about that. I'm like, how can I make sure he gets what he needs to be able to make his exit the way he wants to? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a fear for sure. Well, and also doing the best that you can, I think will satiate you. Like, listen, I did everything. I I really Mm -hmm. truly did everything that I could to make sure that this man's affairs were taken were were taken into consideration and taken care of and there were some things that couldn't be done that that was out of my control and i think you'll find peace with that if you are doing your best and i think i think you're right i think you know when we had talked about this before you know the 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 most sort of amazing gift that you've been given right now is this opportunity to love and love and love a little bit more, and it takes you out of your your out of your your ego, like that fear ego. It's like you don't have time to be afraid because yeah. you're too busy trying to. And maybe that's part <laughs> of the plan. Maybe that's part of the plan. This is this can't be a thing that's happening to me because this is a thing that I'm helping mm-hmm. my exactly. dad. Exactly. Exactly. But so on that note, question for both of you. Kind of unrelated, but maybe a lot related. If you knew that you, so we all know we're here for a finite amount of time, and and supposedly we know not the day or the hour. But what if you did? If you knew that you had X amount of time left, or if somebody knew that, would you want to know how much time you had left, and how would that change how you live your life? If at all. Okay. 
you know, I'm real tempted to say that, oh my gosh, yeah, I want to know, and I would, I would step up the love, because I would, mm-hmm. um, if I by chance knew. But the thing is, in the end, that's what I strive to do anyway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think we should, the people that were taken from my life early on, it was sudden. It happened in an, in an instant or, or, you know, I mean, with one friend I had a you know, terminal illness, so had some time to get ready for it, but, but, it, but he was still young and he was still, it was still unexpected and all of those things. I think the reality that those deaths opened my eyes to the reality is that, you know, someone can be gone in a heartbeat. So don't wait including yourself. You can walk out tomorrow and get hit by a bus. So don't wait. So I think, I don't know if I would want to know or, but if I did know, I hope that it would just spur me to be more of what I am already. And, and every day when I wake up, I think about, you know, I want to make the most of today. You know, I want to love the most that I can today. How can I tell people that I love them? When I go to bed at night, that's what I do. I send love energetically to the people in my life. And then I try to send to the planet and all of that. So I think for me, that's sort of the answer. I don't know if I would would want to know or if it would make a huge difference. I don't know. And for me, I would not want to know. Um, I don't think there's any... Because, A, well... I mean, the answer is I wouldn't want to know, um, just outright for me, but I've seen situations and and I don't know if personally, but I I have witnessed maybe secondhand situations where someone gets a terminal illness or whatever, and they do know how long that they have, or they have thereabouts. And I think there's a tremendous gift in that too. But if I, if you're giving me a choice, I do not want to know. You know, if I had a terminal illness, maybe the answer would be different. Mm-hmm. And that so I would have time to prepare like your father yeah. would. That that would be a bit of a gift because I'd know exactly, not exactly, but I'd know thereabouts how long I had to say my goodbyes to people and to make amends with the regrets that, that I've created and to let people know that I love them as well. But on a general sense, if, if we were playing, you know, we get to see... God's plan? No, it wouldn't. Because I, because I, I don't find value in that personally. And my hope and my desire is to live each day, as if so that I don't have those regrets. So that I I take tell the people I love, love that I love them and all of that. Yeah, me too. How about you? you So I wrestle with this from time to time because on the one hand. Um, I definitely, some days, I definitely would want to know because, again, I'm a single mom. I have a whole bunch of kids I would be leaving behind. I would want to know so that I could finish things so that they weren't left in their grief having to deal with unfinished business. Mm-hmm. So there's that. The solution to that, as you have alluded to, would be to, to keep my business up to date and then it's not ever something I have to worry about. On the other hand, some days, no, I, I wouldn't want to know because I, 
there is so in this experience I'm having with my dad right now, kind of having a timeline, there's that thing we're doing where we're trying to squeeze in as many opportunities to create memories and spend time together and stuff like that. For that, I'm grateful for. But that is accompanied by that whole sensation of the guilt that we hadn't done it up to this mm-hmm. point. That and impending doom. Yeah, yes, and you know, you know you have to prepare for that. Yeah. But then there's that whole side of it where you're going, we should have been doing this all along, and why, why did it take this to get us all on the page to do this thing? So, so... I know that if I knew how long I had or, you know, something like that, it would be really hard for me to look my kids in the eye. Mm -hmm. It would be really hard. Yeah. And on the one hand, I don't know whether it would be better for them to have knowledge of the time and place or whether it would just be better to be a shock. I think they'll be devastated either way. But I know that me, personally, would have a very difficult time looking my kids in the eye knowing that I was going to be leaving them soon. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a real, I don't know, and I don't want to spend too much more time thinking yeah, about that, I, obviously. I, I, <laughs> just on an ending note on my part, is that with there being so many shifts in the energy of the world mm-hmm. and the uncertainty, that in some ways I've already shifted my view about how much time we may or may not have on here. Just like what Donna was saying, in that there is that uncertainty in some ways is a blessing because it's like I have a responsibility to live my life to the fullest every day and to do my best every day. And that might be different every single day. It's like that old Buddhist saying that um, the flaw is you think you have time. Mm-hmm. So that, it has so many meanings to it. Yeah, that's really profound. Yes, and so to to kind of close on that, what I'd like to say is, yeah, you think the flaw is that you think you have time. So why not try to let go of as much fear as you can? Because fear gets in the way of loving. Absolutely. So I hope that everybody listening to this can find a way to let go of some of their fear and move towards more love. Yeah, more, more experience and joy. Mm-hmm. I think we have heard that, whatever we are right here and there. <laughs> I know. And so, for you, happy listener, if you have thoughts on the subject we've been discussing tonight, or if you have opinions on you know, fear or curiosity or even potentially death, as we touched on that subject as well, we would love to know about it. We would love it if you would leave your responses in the comments or reach out to us um, at our website, which is one of the two, callingallangelsdenver.com or energyofpodcast.com. We are just, would be tickled to hear from you and what your thoughts on these matters might be. And I want to say one more thing, because I'm not afraid. (laughs) I love you. Oh, I love you too. I love you too. Tune in next time for the Energy of Podcast. Podcast.